Do your children seek the truth? How about within the pages of a novel? And where can you find a novel that is Christ-centered and not tainted with the lies of evolution? Well, right here, within the pages of the Truth Seekers Mystery Series by Media Angels Publishing. As a mom and owner of Media Angels, my daughter and I co-authored a series of books that would teach a love of finding the truth and include a focus on the truth about God's creation. I hope you join us within the pages of the novel or anytime at MediaAngels.com. I pray you always seek truth. His truth. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. What is creation? Did God create the world in six days and rest on the seventh? Does anyone really care? These questions and many more, including teaching tips and great resources, are presented in the Creation Science Podcast. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and it's my pleasure and honor to be your host. Some of these shows are from my Best of Creation Expos and other presentations I've completed throughout the years of teaching on this topic. I'm the owner of Media Angels, Inc., a publishing company that produces books, audios, and videos to help you and your family in your Christian walk. Check out my books and other podcasts at MediaAngels.com. To get the show notes for this broadcast, go to CreationSciencePodcast.com. And now, let's learn together. Welcome to this podcast, Yellowstone National Park, A Window into Earth History, Part 1. My name is Patrick Nury, and I am president of Northwest Treasures. Northwest Treasures is a nonprofit organization devoted to creating geology resources from a young earth perspective. You can learn more about us at northwestrockandfossil.com. Yellowstone National Park is America's first national park signed into law in 1872 by Ulysses S. Grant, 18th President of the United States. The park consists of 2.2 million acres, a chunk of land over 3,400 square miles of forest, mountain ranges, several lakes, 10,000 thermal features, 300 waterfalls, and over 300 geysers. It is a veritable laboratory for getting a window into the past geological history of the Earth. If you've never been there, you are truly missing a testament to the Genesis Flood and its aftermath. I grew up just a few hours from Yellowstone, and today I give family tours to this wonderful place, helping people to understand America's first national park from a biblical perspective. You can get more information about this special tour at our website. What is Yellowstone and just how does it fit into the biblical presentation of Earth history? These are the questions we'll be exploring over the next several podcasts. Thank you for joining me on this journey. No one knows for sure how Yellowstone got its name. The most logical answer comes from the various altered and colored lava of the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone, most of which is colored a variety of yellow hues due to hydrothermal or hot water alteration within the canyon walls. The Yellowstone National Park is really but a small part 
of a much larger ecosystem. An ecosystem is the combined features, both biotic and abiotic, of a geographical area that has an impact on or is part of a larger system. And this is where we see the bigger picture of Earth history in Yellowstone. The Yellowstone ecosystem contains the greatest amount of fossil trees in the world. The largest freshwater lake in the U.S. at altitudes over 7,000 feet. The largest concentration of geysers in the world. A vast glacially sculpted landscape and quite possibly the largest concentrated amount of volcanic ejecta in the world to have been erupted by volcanoes. Over 9,000 cubic miles of volcanic material. To give you an idea of just how big that is, Mount St. Helens erupted just 0.25 cubic miles of volcanic material in 1980. The primary feature in Yellowstone National Park is mostly missed by people who are usually bustling about trying to see Old Faithful Geyser or watching the wildlife. Even geologists missed it for many, many years. When I was a kid, Yellowstone was primarily viewed as a weak spot in the earth with lots of thermal activity. As technology improved, it became apparent that these thermal features were actually part of a greater volcanic feature dubbed a supervolcano. The main crater of Yellowstone is 45 miles long and 35 miles wide. By comparison, Mount St. Helens left a crater one mile wide and a half mile deep. No one knows for sure what lies underneath Yellowstone Geologists estimate that there is initially a depth of about one to two miles of a special type of volcanic rock called rhyolite, produced by explosive volcanoes. In addition, there are very hot temperatures just 400 to 500 feet below the surface. No one has witnessed one of these awesome volcanoes erupt. There is no doubt that if one of these giants were to erupt today, it would have a devastating effect on our biotic globe and climate. Many geologists have proposed a sort of an ice age that would creep over several parts of the Earth. One of the most asked questions I get on our tour is, when will Yellowstone erupt again? Well, Hollywood would say that an eruption is imminent, and a few movies have been made depicting this horrendous event. But the official park literature states that they do not expect any kind of an eruption within the next 10,000 years. The closest eruption of any magnitude in our recent Earth history was in 1815 with the eruption of Mount Tambora in Indonesia. 1816 has been called the year without a summer, as freezing temperatures, snow, and crop failure were reported in June of 1816 throughout many parts of the world. Mary Shelley's book, Frankenstein, was written during this time and thought to have been influenced by the gloom and darkness that had been caused by the eruption of Mount Tambora. By the way, 
most people do not know this, but there were many such eruptions in Earth's geological past. The Mammoth Lakes Caldera in Eastern California and the Lagarita Caldera in Southwest Colorado were two of the largest. Back to Yellowstone. What would have produced this violent volcanic eruption? The Yellowstone eruption is a bit of a mystery in modern geology. It does not fit the typical plan for volcanic activity. Scientists tell us that most of Earth's volcanoes lie along cracks in the Earth called the Ring of Fire. These cracks are labeled as the edges of shifting plates, as modern geology describes them. But Yellowstone does not lie along any edge of a plate. It is thousands of miles from the Ring of Fire. This is also true of the Hawaiian Islands, themselves made of many volcanic eruptions. Yellowstone, nevertheless, is a huge crack or hole in the earth. Many of us learned in school that volcanoes were the crucibles of creation, that our atmosphere and water and the early conditions for life on our planet came from millions of years of repeated eruptions. James Hutton, the father of modern geology, in the late 1700s viewed the earth as having constantly recycled itself in volcanic eruptions, processes of metamorphosis, and sedimentary deposition throughout untold ages. But let's think about this for a minute. As I read Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the space and the earth, a far different picture of earth history surfaces. One of the best things you can do in sharpening your worldview of earth history is to read Genesis chapter 1 over and over again and know it as well as you do the secular story. By the way, we get bombarded with the secular story of earth history day after day, almost without realizing it. And yet, I know very few Christians who know the scriptural presentation of origins and the global flood that followed. In Genesis chapter 1, a straightforward reading would tell us that the earth was created by an all-knowing, all-powerful God with purpose and design. And this space and earth and everything in them were created over a period of six days. This would make the origin of the earth a relatively recent event in earth history, quite at odds with modern geology. At the end of day six, the scripture states, God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Earth, upon its completion, seems to have been a perfect place, fashioned by the Creator for very special people, Adam and Eve. There does not seem to have been death, disease, and other crippling effects of decay. There was no moral problem in the initial creation of space and Earth. But this is not what volcanoes produce. Here is a list of nasty things that come from volcanic eruptions. Sulfur dioxide, hydrogen sulfide, hydrogen fluoride or hydrofluoric acid, 
very poisonous gases, as well as dangerous amounts of carbon dioxide and carbon monoxide, acid rain, hydrochloric acid, sulfuric acid, and the destruction of the ozone layer of the earth. In addition, these particles of dangerous things rise up into our atmosphere and affect our climate and disrupt our existence. For example, airports are closed and crops and animals are killed through the deposits in the form of thousands of tons of volcanic ash. All in all, volcanoes are destructive to man's existence, not creative. As a biblicist, I look at another cause for volcanoes, the Genesis flood. Genesis chapter 7 verse 11 very effectively describes the first day of the Genesis flood. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month on the 17th day of the month, on the same day all the fountains of the great deep burst open and the floodgates of the sky were opened. To a geologist, this historical statement sets off all kinds of bells and whistles in my head. I think of huge cracks and holes opening up in the crust of the earth with the eruption of all kinds of hot water, nasty radioactivity, lavas, and the ripping apart of soils laid down just 1,500 years earlier. All of earth now exhibits these effects in the rocks, topographical scars, and billions of fossil creatures and plants over the entire globe. Geologists estimate that there are over 50,000 volcanoes of all kinds spread out over the surface of the earth and on the ocean floor. Rocks and landforms that were a part of the original creation would have been changed or metamorphosed for the rest of earth history as a reminder of the judgment of God. Only a remnant of the original creation remains. But the devastation of a global flood has left its mark as a reminder that God holds all mankind accountable for its rebellion. In fact, to my knowledge, the Genesis flood is the only worldwide catastrophic event in earth history mentioned in the scripture that all mankind experienced. It was not a localized judgment such as Sodom and Gomorrah. Cracks all over the ocean floor and present-day faulting and earthquakes are a testament that this global event indeed did happen. However, geologists tell us that Yellowstone volcano erupted 640,000 years ago. Well, how do they know this? Well, they really don't. The age is based upon an assumed behavior of radioactivity. Radioactivity or radioactive decay can be measured in the present, but we have no idea whether this decay rate has continued unabated and unchanged into the distant past. Geologists merely assume it has been constant. They assume this because they refuse to consider the Genesis flood as anything more than myth. But if the flood indeed did take place, as the scripture records, 
then all geological processes we know today would have been affected by extreme heat, alteration, and mixing of materials in violent chemical reactions. So, how old is Yellowstone? From a biblical point of view, the answer lies in historical documents, not in science. Science can only verify what it can observe, test, and repeat. The Yellowstone supervolcano erupted at some point in Earth's history. Deciphering that is a matter of examining historical documents and eyewitness accounts. The science of Yellowstone deals with excavating its fossils and identifying its rocks. But the origin of Yellowstone is a matter of history and that is the task before us. Christians have three main sources for determining the age of Yellowstone. The first one is the genealogies and chronologies of chapters 5 and 11 of Genesis. The second one is the witness of Jesus Christ, who quoted from the book of Genesis more than any other Old Testament book of the Bible and took all that it stated at face value. And number three, the signs produced by the Creator throughout earth history and witnessed by hundreds and in some cases thousands of people. All these historical events have been recorded and preserved in our scripture so that we might know who created us, what happened to the human race, and how man can be restored to a right relationship with his Creator. As the chronologies in Genesis chapter 5 clearly indicate that there were a little less than 1700 years from Adam to Noah, then Yellowstone cannot be any older than about 4500 years, the date of Noah's flood. Any evidence of a volcanic eruption prior to that would have been wiped away by the flood. Well, this will conclude our first podcast of Yellowstone National Park, A Window into Earth History. I look forward to our next section. Until then, God bless you. This has been your host, Patrick Nury of Northwest Treasures. Thanks so much for listening to the Creation Science Podcast. You can find the show notes at creationsciencepodcast.com. And as always, reach out to me, Felice Gerwitz at felice at mediaangels.com. Take care, God bless, and I hope you enjoy teaching your children and learning about the beautiful world that God created. Please share this broadcast with a friend, and thanks so much.